You like that theme song? God, I love that theme song. <laughs> Made it myself. It's <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Disclosure. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor and Prevail Guitar Works. Also, we have a special sponsor today, uh, the Kunkel Homestead. Kunkel, K-U-N-K-E-L. They actually helped uh, with this show at one point, but I actually spelled their name wrong, and I've known this guy <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. So, uh, the Kunkel Homestead, the YouTube channel, K-U-N-K-E-L, um, it's an old-fashioned homestead where they raise animals and they do humorous videos. It's a homestead. You know, they build chicken coops and stuff like that. Killer channel. Great sense of humor. Uh, very family-friendly family, family friendly stuff. I think YouTube needs more of that. So, this podcast is not only brought to you by the Kunkel Homestead, but Anchor and Prevail Guitar Works. Uh, this podcast is uh, where we usually go on the news, see what's going on in the world, and base like fine expensive turkeys, blah, 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 blah. But today we're having an off-topic conversation, a uh, segment that kind of really went over well with you guys. So we're going to continue it. We've had Joshua Amos on the show. We've had uh, my son Xander on the show. Bella's been on the show. And now we have Mr. Donald Haynes here. What's going on, Billy? I am well, sir. How are you? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> So you just you just got off work then? Oh yeah, yeah. Work was uh, I can't say it was anything but work. Like normally, I like my day. Today, not so much. <laughs> yeah, Joshua Amos was the same deal. I don't know if you heard that one, but oh yeah, yeah. I love Josh's. It was awesome. Every time I get somebody, they're just coming off work. I'm like, man, you guys are machines. I'm just recording a podcast, and I feel like ass. Oh, that's okay. I work I work for a newspaper, so I understand. <laughs> Media is a pain in the neck. Yeah, I really wanted to get you here, man, because. You're you're a very interesting individual. You're just like you're, you are. You're, that is the first time I've heard the word interesting and me putting the same <laughs> sentence and it been positive. Well, <laughs> the way I see it, I mean, everybody is interesting. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody's got. Yeah, uh, you can learn something from everybody. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, everything people can add from me is normally either X-rated or uh, <laughs> something you probably shouldn't discuss in public. In front I don't of know children. anything about that, huh, guys? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I I need to ask you about something you talked about in your last one. <laughs> And what's that? Uh, so, something you mentioned, I believe, to Eli. <laughs> What'd I say? Uh, something about when you crapped yourself. Oh, my God. Yes, I knew I, this was going to come up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to get that story after the podcast. Uh, I, I'll do it now. I don't care. I, it's up to you. We just got friends in Slovakia, so they need a oh, little crash course. <laughs> those poor, poor people. I know, right? So what happened was, I was. do you remember, do you know Alex Engel? Yeah, yeah, uh, I know Engel. Yeah, I was living with him at the time. I'm and, so sorry, uh, Alex. <laughs> I know, sorry. But <laughs> I wasn't feeling well that day, and it was the, the day the fair opened up here in Paducah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm well enough to where I can go maybe ride some rides. Maybe I need some sun, you know, whatever. Right. So we go out there. Me, <laughs> I go on the Tilt-A-Whirl, which is normally not a barf-inducing ride or anything like that, you know. Not typically, no. No. So we're going on the Tilt-A-Whirl. I notice a little shift. Down under there. Uh oh. And I didn't realize I had crapped myself until oh, the ride no. stopped. <laughs> I mean, at least you got to finish the ride, right? It gets worse. Oh no. I uh, since it was so close, because you know we lived at Cardinal Point, which right, is like right, right down the street, right down the street. So I had to walk a block and a half <laughs> oh, with no. shit pants. <laughs> I can just see, it. and oh, it's, no. it's dripping down from the bottom of my shorts, soaking oh, into my socks. You were in. Sh- 
Mm. I was in shorts. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and what's worse is I was in sh- swimming trunks. I was wearing underwear. <laughs> so there was netting catching the chunks. So there was netting right. catching the poop, yeah. Oh, that, that's great. Walking a block and a half in the middle of summer with shit pants. <laughs> oh, my God, I bet you were just the loveliest smelling thing in the block. Oh, yeah, it was fun, especially when I got back home. That, that's Billy. okay. I, Billy, what are you doing? No, leave me alone. Like, mm, not right now. Not, you know, I, I'm one of those that I can make fun of myself, and I don't care because... Look at my, if the people in podcast land out there could see my face. Which is beautiful. You, you would know why I have no problem whatsoever making fun of this. <laughs> um, I, I can beat that. And you I, can beat that. My wife is going to kill me probably. I shit my pants on our wedding day. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, my God. Sure did. Oh, poor Chris. Um, oh, my God. Like, like we got married and everything <laughs> was good. We had our dance and all that. And uh, we were headed to the hotel. We got our stuff checked into the hotel for our honeymoon night. And we went to uh, Casa Mexicana. To, uh, That'll do it. To join. <laughs> yeah. That, see, what's bad is I didn't have anything. That, that's the sad part. Um, we, we went to join my mother to say, hey, love you guys. Thanks for coming out to the wedding and everything. Thank you for everything. And as we're walking out, I think it's just going to be, oh, my stomach's kind of hurting. I'm going to pass some gas. And it was a lot more than gas. <laughs> so first thing we had to do. Honeymoon, you know, beginning to the hotel, and I got to go take a shower because I just crapped myself. Oh, on the wedding on day. On the wedding day. It sucked. Oh, now, granted, I think it's hilarious. Well, yeah, because we can make fun of it. Because, you know, we can laugh at it. It's like, oh, my God, really? My wife's Is most important Is it at the point day. where she can laugh about it now? I mean, she laughs at me for everything, so yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, she laughed at me that night, too. There you go. <laughs> she did. She was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, yeah, me neither. Can we get to the hotel now, please? I got to go so again. So what's funny is I've known your wife's family for about 10 years before I even met you. Right? Uh, uh. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of that. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's a no disclosure thing. So uh, they're the Keiths. I mean, they are wonderful people. Oh, they've, they've, I love they've them. They've been a part of my life now for what, eight years? Wow. So you've known them about as long as I so, have. So, you know, uh, we, me and Kirsten got together in like the last part of 2012, like November, like around her birthday. And we've been together since then. That's awesome. And They're all really uh, sweet people. We've been married now for four years. It's been four years? Wow. Sure has. Dude, I, I need to tell you personally, I am so sorry I couldn't make it, man. Dude, stuff happens. Um, my Unfortunately, my father passed away in 2016, which is the year we got married. Did he Did he go um, before or after? Way before. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, he had had a four-wheeler accident in 2015 in November. Uh, broke his neck. Matter of fact, uh, got up and walked away from it. Jeez, the tough, tough, old tough dude. <laughs> yeah, the, the tough old dude got up and walked away from it, kind of, you know, saying, oh, well, that kind of aches, and you know, no shit. Wow. Uh, they did surgery on him in December, and, you know, he was in critical condition for a while because his, uh, his neck was swollen from all the trauma to it. And uh, he, we almost lost him one day, actually, after his surgery because he was up on the, uh, say, the fifth floor. A Baptist, it was uh, rented out to a uh, like a long-term care unit. Like, it wasn't actually part of the hospital, but it was on hospital grounds. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, he stopped breathing, but the doctor said they could hear air still moving in his airway, and he coded. They got him back on the way to the CCU. He coded again. They got him back again, but he wasn't conscious. I got brought in from work. I was working at a 
different company from the one me and you worked at, but you know, general, same general thing. I was working for that's, health insurance instead of. That's where of, I uh, met you, wasn't it? Through there. Yeah. I know it was from the first place where me and you met. Uh, oh, it was. We, yeah. When we were doing yeah. auto and homeowners. Yeah. That, uh, that's I where remember, me and you yeah, met. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, now I'm there. 2016, I was with the other company that does health insurance. And, uh, you know, sadly, I can't mention their name because I don't even think they're a thing anymore. Yeah, they, I, so <laughs> like I, a, I, went, I went by the building. Their, uh, their, their downtown building that they had, which is across from the place I work now. It's got funny a different enough. name on it now. Yeah, is it's, it the uh, same place? No, it is a completely different company now. Was it like how Solera bought out Lynx? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like how Solera bought out Lynx, like Calio Tech or whatever the yeah. heck it's called now. So they still owns that building, but it's not it's not T Tech that runs it. It's the same, like... It's a different company altogether. Like, they took the building. They oh, bought wow. the building from them and shut that that site down. Uh, but when I was working at that site... Man, there's some things I want to say. Happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, there, there's a lot I'd love to say, but... I, um, I, I'm, I'm polite. I'm employed at one of these places, so I'm just going to... I mean, I'm polite enough that I can say there were a lot of people I worked with at those places that I still love to death. And there were some people that I worked with in those places that... I could do without, and that's probably the politest way I could put it. <laughs> yeah, me and Josh were talking about Best Buy, how the culture there. I Jesus, mean, Darren's still there, too. I know. We made friends for life there. Mm-hmm. The culture was amazing. And how sad it was, naturally, they suck the soul completely out of the place. It's oh, not of course. even how It's corporate it, America. They have to suck the soul out of everything. It was crazy. I mean, all of us got along great. We made friends for life there. You know, we were like, we were all family, dude. And then you go in there now, everybody's so soul crushed. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, everybody just, like, they're there because they have to be. They yeah. don't want to be there. It was so fun at one point. You know, the sad <laughs> thing is I tried to join that family, and because I joined uh, Darren's family first, I was not allowed to be hired there. Really? Because I'm his son-in-law. Yep. Oh, that sucks. All they had to do was put you in a different department. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, I don't know jack about cell phones. You could put me in any other department. Than him well, and I'd since be fine. it's so much like Walmart now, you probably stand a chance. Yeah. They would just put you in a different department. Yeah, I'm good. I'll, I would probably make around the same for them that I make for the people I work for now. So my job is infinitely easier than having to deal with the public like they do at Best Buy. <laughs> Another reason why I brought you in here is because you're a big old nerd. And I have a theory I wanted to share with you. Yeah, about, about to say big old nerd is probably not even the greatest way you could say it. I'm the, the biggest nerd. freaking nerd <laughs> on the planet. But I have a theory I wanted to share with you, and I wanted, I wanted to get your opinion on it. H- how old are you? You would ask me that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, my God. Thanks, Billy. You're dating <laughs> okay, me. Wait. I'm not that much younger how, than how you, about actually, this? to be honest. I am, I'll be 37 in August. I'll be 34 in September. We're three years okay, apart. Okay, so you're right about there. Okay. Yep. So you remember back in school... Being a nerd, I mean, for anything. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it was brutal. Yeah. And then I'm... now, being a nerd is... Big it... Bang Theory pisses me off so much. <laughs> being a nerd is cool. You know, it's yeah, like... Yeah, it's it's so friggin' strange. Dude, when I was seven years old, I got the crap beat out of me for liking Ninja Turtles. Really? Like, I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had almost every friggin' toy that company had come out with. Back then, Ninja Turtles was like pro football, man. Yeah, 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 everybody loved it. But the kids in the school that I was at, you know, were like six, seven years old. They're all these little redneck kids. And you showed up today wearing a Rick and Morty shirt. Hell yes, I did. (laughs) So I have a theory. This is, I've really thought about this. There's two things I think that totally changed the gamut. People back then when we were kids, the people who were considered nerdy, like William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, Stephen Hawking, um, Bob Lazar, and all these people who are considered nerdy things. Or, you know, the ultimate nerd, Gary Gygax. Yeah, or, Mark you know, Hamill. You Mark know. Hamill. All of those nerdtastic people yeah. that we love now. They got older. And as they got older, they got cool. 
he and just, they got they got the respect. Yeah, Mark Hamill went from what he went from Luke Skywalker, arguably one of the greatest hero characters of all science fiction, to the greatest supervillain in DC Comics history. And the man played so the Joker, well. and he went from, "Hey, I'll save you too." Well then, like, what the <laughs> Jesus Christ is hold this? Hold on to your hats. It's like, hold on to your hats, bats. It's like, what in the Jesus is this? This so is that's the guy what that... I think it was. I think it was them getting older and they got cooler. And then we learned that, you know, Stephen Hawking has an awesome personality. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah, so funny. yeah. Aside from the computer, of course, because, you know, all you're hearing is that. And, and they, then, they even have offered. Have you ever seen him? Sometimes he, he used to go to speeches. And he would have programmed in his computer. The first thing he would say is, I apologize for not getting up. <laughs> of course he, he would. He would do wheelies and stuff in it. I mean, oh he my was God. a funny guy. The, yeah, the I, guy has our our sense of humor. That's awesome. I think it was that. And uh, I, I have a theory about glasses. Because you remember, oh God, yeah. back in the day, there was only one style of glasses. That yeah. was it. The big beekeepers. Yeah, the, you know? the, the big old, you know, B-52 looking Yeah. That's all that, you that had. Your parents had. I try to tell my kids this all the time. It's like, dude, there was one style, and that was it. And I tried to show them. Now you know what's funny is I've had like your nobody, nobody out there can. Thick. Nobody out there in podcast land can see these, but I've had about this type of frame, actually, since I was nine. When you were nine, those must have been expensive because I remember my parents. They didn't make a whole lot of money. Yeah, they uh, they they were unfortunately on the more expensive side. Thank God, like they covered up to. Like I think a hundred and twenty dollars on your insurance if you had uh, Medicaid oh, wow. at the time. That was a lot back then because my parents. I mean, they, they didn't make a whole lot of money. And, yeah, ours didn't either. <laughs> uh, they were monsters. I'll just I'll just say it honestly. And they had different priorities, you know, than right. to get me my checkups and stuff every year. So right. I had the big beekeepers. But glasses have changed. They're cool oh, yeah, now. Yeah, they're, they're stylish. cool. They're stylish. They look nice. They're sleek. They're sexy. They are. And it's like this is blasphemy. I mean, what do you think changed the gamut? I remember one time a kid. I wore an X-Files t-shirt in sixth grade oh to school, and a kid ripped it off of me. Okay, one, he needs to have the living crap beat out of him for ruining something that expensive now, because God knows how much that would go yeah, for Yeah, and now. all these people that made fun of us when we were kids are like, hey. Hey, have you, have you ever seen this? Like, yeah, but you, you know jerk, what? I was Those into this guys, before you were. I would say about 90% of them were closet nerds themselves. Oh, yeah, I yeah absolutely. It. Absolutely they were. There was a kid used to pick on me, and I, I won't name names because he's a lot better person. We get along now. Every you know, once in a while, I see him. Uh, he would torment me and make fun of me in front of everybody, and just make me out to be the biggest geek, the biggest dork. This dude comes to recess and is like, "Hey, uh, come here, I want to show you something." And he brings me a Xenomorph action figure. He says, "Hey, I've had this for a while." And I think Alien's pretty cool. What do you think? And I'm like, uh-huh? <laughs> you have an Aliens? What? what? Like, dude. Th this dude, did, <laughs> I kid you not, Billy, he did not look anything like the kind of person that would sit down and watch an Alien film, much less nerd out over, oh my God, I have the original well, He was the kind of person character. that would make fun of somebody for yeah, watching Yeah, he, he's the kind of person film. that would make fun of it. And That's he's what like, I've noticed, is that most of those showing treated this thing us like crap, they were closet nerds themselves. Yeah, they, they just didn't want to get the crap beat out of them, and we, we had the, the cojones enough to, you know, ante up and get the crap beat out of us. What, what do you think changed it? You know, the, dude, there's so much that probably was a part of it. Like, glasses becoming sexy and getting better design and, you know, just... See, I, I laughed that, at myself like, when I came up for that, but I think there's some validity to that. Well, you got to think, like, who were the popular people in culture at that point that, you know, wearing glasses all of a sudden is cool? 
like whether it be sunglasses or actual visual eyeglasses, right? Yeah. Like Ghost, back then, Ghostbusters kind of, like to me, make glasses a little cool because of Egon Spangler, and then again, that's me being a nerd because Egon's the biggest geek in all Rick four Moranis, of them. Too. You know, oh, yeah, it, yeah. it was still in that middle point where you had a cool character with glasses, but then you had mm-hmm. Rick Moranis. Yeah, Rick, and he, Rick had the big goggle-looking go. glasses, because but Egon's were more slim. Subconsciously, they wanted you to look at Rick Moranis and go, Yeah, they, they wanted you to laugh at him. And then you look at the Big Bang Theory. Nobody has those big, thick glasses with the tape on it. No, yeah, none of them. I mean, they, they one of them, I think, in a Halloween episode wore one, uh, like a pair of those glasses for a Halloween costume. Yeah. Like, uh, if you ever watched the series Bones... I've never seen Bones. Um, if, if you're into like an intellectual type show that's got a lot of scientific jargon into it, but it's also got a, like good interpersonal stories and like uh, crime solving stuff, it's great. Um, I will check it y- out. You ever watched Angel? No, like I didn't watch that Angel, either. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, any of that? No, but Cassie was a big Buffy fan. At that time, I was more into the original Twilight Zone, the X-Files. Right. Um, well, see, that was more stuff I watched. is like the stuff you watched. Then I discovered Supernatural then, when it was all over. And then over. Uh, my, my friend's sister, all she would watch was Buffy forever. And I got introduced to the actor that played Angel in Buffy. And he plays Agent Booth in Bones. Oh, okay. There's a Halloween episode of Bones where they all have a Halloween party at the end of the episode. He shows up <laughs> at the end of the episode dressed up as, he calls them, uh, what's the term he uses? Um, a squint. He's a, like, a squint? He, he calls them squints because, you know, they're nerds. They're always squinting at the Oh, it, it kind of reminds me of that kid off of the Sandlot. Remember squints? He yeah, had those yeah, big glasses. Yeah, he had the big glasses. And he's always squinting at something through Forever. it. Um, and Bones is like, she is a pure scientist. Like, she doesn't believe in spiritualism, religion, anything of that nature. She is a complete and total scientist. She's logic only. The Agent she, Scully of the show. Yeah, yeah. She's Scully to, you know, the nth degree. Because he, he turns Scully eventually. And then Booth is like, he's a Catholic. He's a devout Catholic. He's an FBI agent. And he's working with Bones and her people to solve crimes just based off of the bones of and remains of dead bodies. I got to check that out, man. And that episode, he shows up, you know, the big black rim glasses with the tape looking thing in the middle. And yeah. he's got the pocket protector and the freaking uh, little tax thing that you use. Like the, <laughs> it's got the receipt coming out of it. He's got that whole get up. And she's like, well, you could be, you could be my Clark Kent. And he's like, yeah, I, I could do that. And now he's, you know, painted as Superman behind Clark Kent behind it. So it's kind of like, hey, superhero agent Seeley Booth. Oh, there you go. And, you I know, gotta, I got to see the show. B- Bones is dressed as friggin' Wonder Woman. You, I want, you, I'm going to blow your mind. You know what sh- show I've also never seen? Not one episode. Okay. Rick me. and Morty. Jesus Christ. I know. I, I've never seen one episode of Rick and Morty. It is... You know, the funny thing is, listening to your podcast, you, you remind me... would think I'm me, the biggest fan you ever. You remind me of Rick Sanchez. Really? Every other sentence I've he I've heard burps. that from other people, well, too. Well, like, he, like he, he's sardonic. He's sarcastic. He's, uh, like... School is for school is not for smart people is like one of the first things he tells his grandson. One which of my is friends like, told me because I'm a you know, I'm a diagnosed sociopath. You know, you know, you know dipstick <laughs> here. Uh, he's like, come on, Morty, we're going on an adventure, <laughs> Morty. Like he's he's constantly half drunk or fully drunk or God knows what else. Um, he is a pure sociopath. So I've like, heard that absolutely. too because my friends have told me like you know people know me like really close. I'm I'm a no shit. I'm I'm a diagnosed sociopath. 
And you know, people are like, "Dude, you got to see the show. How come you've never seen it?" Yeah, I, I'm, I'm amazed you haven't either. Because well, I mean, you, you, know, you remind me of Rick just from that standpoint. Books, Thirty-three books in ten years. You know, something's got to give. And, well, I mean, that, that's like you know, he's the, his first adventure literally includes him telling Morty, "I need you to take these seeds, Morty, and I need you to stick them way up your butt," <laughs> because he's going to sneak his grandson through intergalactic customs. Oh my God! With these mega seeds. Up his rectum. Oh, jeez. And then they... Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. They start coming through through the thing, and they're like, hey, uh, w- what's that new system over there? He's like, oh, you know, it's uh, it's for scanning things that are up your butt. So, uh, And ju- they freak out, and they, they Justin run. Roiland, who does the voice of Lemon Grab on Adventure Time, he's uh, Morty, right? I uh, believe he's... Re- I don't know if he's is he Rick, Rick or Morty. And Morty. He's one, I know he's is one he both? of them. He may be I'm both. I'm a huge fan of Justin uh, Roiland. But say, I, I've got... Lemon grab was a massive internet handy. So let's see, Justin Roiland. This castle is in. You know, I just I love Lemon Crab. Oh, uh, let's see here. Him and Billy West, man, Mark Hamill too. I mean, he's they, I mean he's also the co-creator of Rick and Morty too. So Justin Roiland. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. As of his Wikipedia, uh, Mark Justin Roiland is an American voice actor, animator, writer, producer, director, and comedian. Jesus Christ, dude, pick a career. Wow. Uh, he is best known as the co-creator of Adult Swim's Rick and Morty, of which he also voices the titular character. So he ro- he voices them both. Unacceptable! <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm a he big fan both. of Justin Roiling. So I can imagine this man half drunk <laughs> having a conversation. I heard that he actually himself. has gotten drunk on a few. Yeah, episodes. yeah, to uh, to play Rick. Yeah, he absolutely has. He's yeah, I've seen you know, video got, got a of flask him. in his hand and you know guzzles like, like getting drunk. Yeah. Hey, hey, Morty. <laughs> And then he, you know, just has that look on his face like, oh, God, I just burped into the mic. Then remembers, oh, wait, I'm supposed to. And then he continues his lines. It's great. i got to see that show. Like, another one that freaked people out was, dude, The Walking Dead. I got to see the pilot right. when it first came out. And then uh, it, totally, completely unrelated. I was working on um, an outline for a book called The Zombie Letters, right. you know, which ended up being my, what? 10th, 11th book, something uh, like that. Yeah, like 11th or 12th, something like that. And I was watching The Walking Dead. I'd gotten, I'd, I'd gotten this idea before, and it wasn't to ride the zombie wave. Matter of fact, it was starting to go down a little right, bit. Right, right, yeah. And then The Walking w- Dead brought it back. But, you know, I wanted to write it just because I promised everybody I would not tackle existing things like vampires and stuff, and I got challenged. Right. I got challenged. So I was like, somebody told me, do a complete retake on the whole zombie thing, change it all your way. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I've got. I'm gonna have to read that at some point. Yeah, it's awesome. And then I was watching the pilot for The Walking Dead, and I was like, I cannot watch the show because I don't want to be subconsciously right. You don't want to be influenced by yeah. it, and then try to do your own thing. Yeah, and I don't want to be subconsciously something. influenced. And it was by the oh my god, that book was in development for over two years, and by the time it came out, there was so much Walking Dead oh, backlog. Yeah, yeah there. dude, there's like so many seasons. I got into like season two. I've never seen Beyond the Pilot. I've I've been able to watch most of season one and I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a big like anybody that knows me out there that, that's listening knows me well enough to know I love zombies, just all of it. Dude, you gotta read the zombie letters. Um, like I, I own the zombie survival guide, Self-plug. World War Z, uh, you know, Zombie by by a writer called Darren Shan. You'll have to check him out at some point. Uh, he, he's ooh. he's up your alley. I, I think you'd like him. Oh, that's cool. He's an Irish-born writer. Uh. He writes uh. Young adult fiction, but some of the stuff I've read out of his books look like young adults would have nightmares from some of these books. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm completely a supporter. Did you read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark when you were a kid? Oh, my God, yes. I have times. the originals in my safe. Oh, my God. The yes. band versions. I mean, I, 
I'm I'm that big of a horror nerd, Billy. I've got a like a felt. I'm not sure if it's leather bound or not, but it's like it's got like the faux leather maybe, but it's felt and it's got the image of Dracula on it, and it's a copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, sitting on my work desk. And when I have free time, like on a break or something, I'll sit down and I'll read Dracula. You know what nobody talks about? Is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Robert De Niro. Oh, my God. Dude, it was a freaking masterpiece. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. John Cleese was amazing in it, playing it straight. Remember, he's got the long hair. Oh, yeah. Robert De Niro as the monster. Dude, it'll bring freaking tears to your eyes. Dude, it will make you cry your eyes out. At the end, when the guy's like, you know, why do you weep? And he's sitting in the ship next to Victor, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and the monster's crying. And he's like, because he was my father. But the way De Niro played that dude. Oh, yeah. I don't and, know why. Why did that movie get bomb like it did? Probably because people weren't going into it expecting to feel something for the monster. I mean, you go into it and you see Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And you're thinking, oh, it's going to be this big hulking monstrosity. With, 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 with the flat time. top, you know, because, you know. Who was it? Boris Karloff, I think, that played Frankenstein. Who was brilliant, but it wasn't freaking. But I think that's what people went into that movie expecting. Yeah, and, and that's Mary not Shelley's what they got. story was completely different. Yeah, I think De Niro's movie actually kind of fit the book a lot better. It did. It, than, it wasn't than, even uh, called Frankenstein. It was called Frankenstein: The Modern Prometheus. Right. Right. Yeah. It's about it's a tragic character who's trying to figure out absolutely why am I being alone? Why am I being neglected? Why do people hate me? Why do people view me as such a monster? It wasn't this, you know, I'm going to choke everything to death. Boris Karloff, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. His his performance as the monster itself was brilliant, but I think De Niro's performance really, it brought out that human emotion and people were not going to that movie expecting it. And they felt, they were like, we were expecting a horror movie. If anybody thinks Robert De Niro is a crappy actor, watch that. I mean, anybody that thinks Robert De Niro is a crappy actor, just watch anything with him in it pre-2000, and it'll yeah. prove you wrong. Yeah, there you go. I don't think, is there anybody that actually thinks this guy's a crummy actor? Oh, I'm sure there are a few out I'm there somewhere. I'm sure there's somewhere. somebody, yeah. Like, I, I don't know anyone. Raging that, Bull was a piece of crap. Nah, you know, I know people <laughs> that would... Taxi Driver uh, was boring. <laughs> <laughs> Taxi Driver was a masterpiece. Oh, my God. You see, now you're reminding me of old sitcoms and making me remember all the, like, all the celebrities that were in all these shows. Are you one of the Big Bang Theory haters? I don't hate the show. I hate that because of the show, being a nerd is now considered popular. Because it took that... To get people to look at people like me, people like you, and see us for, hey, they, they're into something that's really, really cool. So you think that that had a lot to do with it, too, that show? Yeah, yeah. After that show came out, oh, my God, nerds everywhere. All of a sudden, oh, my God, hashtag nerd. Because like, everybody's you, a nerd for something. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's a complete and total dork for one thing or another. doesn't matter what it is. That's what Everybody a geek is. That's what a nerd is. You're just... You're so you're um, you're knowledgeable about the subject. You're fanatical. You're fanatical about almost about it. Like me personally, I, I've got all sorts of different. Like I, I'm eclectic as hell when it comes to music and when it comes to my nerd stuff too. It's not a fashion statement. It's you know, but it, it, or anything. It's it's my, a, you're so into this thing. Well, see, the yeah. one thing I've been fanatical about ever since I got introduced to it, and it, it it's in the zombie genre too, which is what's hilarious. I am a fanatic about Resident Evil. I love Resident Evil. You and Cassie could talk. And for if hours. I ever meet Paul W. S. Anderson, I'm gonna punch him in his mouth for what he <laughs> did to that movie franchise. It was awful. It Cassie was hot loves, garbage. Cassie loves those movies, and I'm like, dude, 
She can't. She can't figure out why oh I God. hate them. She because the games were a million times better, and they had so much source material to work with, no, and like, they used none of it. Exactly. It was, I was like, you know, if I was raised on the movies and I had no idea about the video games, oh yeah, yeah, would probably you, be if, my if favorite movies. If you didn't know the the video game existed, great movies. Yeah, but playing it first, I was like, what the hell did they do? Yeah. Like, like Doom. The the only good. Oh God, don't get me started. Look what on they that. had to work with with Doom. This I mean, is what you come up with. I mean, really? they they had Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and they ruined that. How could you screw up a movie where you got Dwayne Johnson on the freaking bill? You know what that, I mean? That's how they screwed up the movie. They had Dwayne Johnson on the bill and th- thought that was the <laughs> only thing that was going to sell the movie. This, well, you got Dwayne Johnson, screw all the rest. Oh, no, like, I love I love Dwayne. I love The Rock. Oh, I do, too. And but I, I hate it for him that that not, movie was so terrible. He's not he, Marlon Brando. You can't no, take a crappy, God, no. I, love, I love you, Dwayne, but... Brando, you could take an absolute piece of shit and say, okay, Brando, go. Yeah, Brando, go. Like, uh, you know, the the Isle of Dr. Moreau. I think you guys need to change this. Um, we're going to rearrange a little bit. Of, you know. Yeah, yeah, for real, right? Like, the Isle of Dr. Moreau? I, I, wasn't that, like, one of his last films before he oh, died? one of them, yeah. And the stuff and he came the, up with the was The premise so... for the movie, like, the book that they based the movie off of, was yeah. a great book. The movie was garbage, except for the parts that Brando was in it. I know, I like uh, like what Richard Donner, who directed Superman. What oh God, he said Brando's one of those guys. You just gotta let him fly. Yeah, and yeah, the you reason just, you why he used go. cue cards was not because he was phoning it in. Uh, Christopher Reeve said this guy could be a hero. I don't understand it. And he said when I he said my idea about Brando was that okay, he's he's just phoning it in at this point, right? And then Christopher Reeve said, but then I realized the reason why he refused to memorize his lines and he had cue cards. Is because it looks like this character is really formulating those thoughts at mm-hmm. that second. Right. Yeah. He's not just rehearsing scripted ver- verbiage. He's actually saying it at the moment. You want to know something cool about Brando re- re- in regards to Superman? I don't know if you know this or not. Okay. Shoot. If you're a nerd, you'll love this. Um, I'm a huge Brando fan. Huge. And um, <clears throat> when they were filming Superman, Brando came in to do his work and all the right. uh, residents of Krypton all had black robes, all of them. And uh, Brando was like, Brando changed comic history forever in like five seconds. This is how brilliant the man was. Oh my he God, walked no. in and he said, this is going to look terrible on film. And Richard Donner said, why? And he goes, it's a sea of black and all you see are heads and everybody's got white hair. He's like, how are you going to tell who anybody is? And Brando said, hold on, give me a piece of paper. So he drew the Superman S on a piece of paper. Right. And he said, give me, give me some more paper. Give me some more paper. Give me a table. So right. he's writing all of these things on this, uh, uh, tearing off these little pieces of paper and writing all these alien symbols. Right. And he put it on the chests of all the... Oh my God, he didn't. And he said, what if the S is not Superman? What if that's a family crest? Superman did not come from Earth. That's an alien symbol. Right, that's it, an alien symbol. He said it, it, is it not should not S. be a human letter. So DC Comics caught wind of this, and they said, oh... That's brilliant. Instead, the S. And hey, let's use it. That's a family crest. So DC adopted Brando's idea. So now, whenever you read oh Superman comics and you see somebody from Krypton, they all have the family crest. Yeah, on they them. all have the family crest of whoever they're from. Can you that, can you believe dude, that? Dude, that's amazing. Brando walks into a movie set and in five seconds changes comic history. Can, can you imagine? They can make a movie just off that. Marlon Brando changes comic history just with one moment. Isn't it crazy? He filmed so much footage that they're still wow. using it. All right. Since, since we're uh, since it's off topic and this is uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, since you just brought that up, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. we're we're gonna go off your 
Marlon Brando tangent there. I'm going to put you on another Superman tangent. All right, sounds good. Did you know that Nicolas Cage was slated at one point to he play was. Superman? Have he you was. seen that super suit? I've seen the footage. Oh, my God. His hair. So happy they did not shoot that movie. <laughs> His hair. His hair alone scares the hell out of me. He looks like Jake the Snake in a Dude, Superman costume. There's some people, when you look at him in the costume, you're like, that's the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like nope. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. and Iron Man. That, that's the There's dude. no denying it. Seeing Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is Superman. Like I said, it looked like Jake the Snake Roberts had shaved his face and stepped into a Superman costume. And you know, the instant you see, I love you, Nicolas Cage. He's, he really is a great actor. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Like when they put when him in. When he's not uh, owing the IRS money. Yeah, God, right? Now he's doing every piece of shit that comes his well, way. Well, I mean, he, he's like Gerard Butler. It's like, why in the hell did you do this film? Because I needed the money. I got yeah. divorced. <laughs> but man, Nicolas Cage, the second you looked at him in that suit, you know, this is going to be camp. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Christopher Reeve, the second you saw him in that suit, you're like, this like, guy's... Th this is going to be gold. This man is fucking magic. Well, that's just like... You ever see... Do uh, you ever go to Metropolis, the Superman Museum? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been... Oh, man, I don't, Dude, know, how, I don't know how much of this I can talk about. Not being I, from I, here. I work for the, the company here. Um, <laughs> the company that owned the Metropolis Planet, which is the company I work for, um, they uh, they have had to, I guess liquidate some of it like they're they're in court they're taking everything from all the like the regional places right and they're putting them all in one office that way it, it saves on profit so we don't know right now what's going to happen to the metropolis planet building like they're having to go in and clean it out and everything but i don't know if they're going to sell it or if they're, they're going to turn it into something man they got to turn it into something it's metropolis i, I had the, the idea home of superman and if anybody that i work with for the love of christ listens to this podcast Please pitch this to, to the people we work for because they won't listen to me because of my station. So if you're higher up than me in the food chain, for the love of God. That's ridiculous put, to put me because a good idea is a good idea. It doesn't matter where it comes I from. I kind of feel like they should take the Metropolis Planet building since it's a, it's you know it's still a good building. The building itself is fine. Yeah. I kind of feel like they should turn it into a museum of its own and tie it into the Superman Museum. Maybe do a, a deal with them. Because what, and back make, in the 70s, DC I mean, that, that's where Superman. It, that's know? where Superman worked, right? Yeah. The, 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 the Daily Planet. Or the, what, back in the 70s, right, is when Metropolis, Illinois, or DC christened it. You the know, home of the Superman. The home of Superman. Right. So, and you got that big Daily Planet logo in the front lawn, mm -hmm. you know? So, so why not take that building and turn that into the Daily Planet? Like, just literally make the Daily Planet out of it and turn it into a Superman even attraction. Even a, a local newspaper even, or something. Even if they only did business on the Superman Festival, the amount of money they could make from just doing pictures and maybe having actors now come in. Now their ears are going to perk up. Now you said the magic word. Yeah, yeah, money. Yeah, the magic word there. So money. if you guys haven't been to Metropolis, Illinois, you got to check it out. It is the home of Superman. Giant Superman statue. Barack Obama, uh, actually. <laughs> would, you, would you believe they have a mask on the damn thing right now? Oh, they do? I swear to God. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I, part, I remember when part Barack of my, Obama uh, came through here. He is a giant nerd. He loves mm -hmm. Superman. I've seen him pose in front of that statue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw the picture of him in front of the statue. Um, part, part of my duties as a delivery agent for the company I work for is I have to take uh, magazines around to certain businesses. And one of the businesses that we take the magazines to, it's uh, the Explorer magazines that we put out, like I think every few months or something like that. We, we have to deliver them to certain businesses in the region, and one of the businesses that we deliver to is the uh, the Board of Commerce or whatever it is for Metropolis. Oh, yeah. It is right next to the Superman statue. Yeah, it's like on like the it, It's like you, you can turn around, and there's Superman's big red clad behind and the cape and everything, <laughs> and I'm like, they put a mask on that damn statue. That's kind of cool, though. 
I was like, that. that's... I mean, Superman is a symbol of... Imagine how big that, that truth, statue justice, is, though. the American way, you know. Right, right. He, he's like the quintessential, yeah. you know, American hero aside and from Captain it'll America. It'll help kids and stuff to see that. Right, right, it Despite does. what you think about the whole damn mask thing. I'm, not like, I'm, I'm fine with wearing one anywhere for anybody care. that cares. Like, I, I don't really care myself. I'll wear one just to Medically, put other people at is ease. it something necessary? Uh, not that's really. That's debatable. But, but like I saw that, I'm like the first thing I thought was not, oh my god, they put a mask on it, those idiots. The first thing I thought was, where the how hell did they get a mask that exactly. big? I was about to ask that. <laughs> how big is that freaking mask? It, it covers from the bridge of that super nose all the way down to that super chin. It, it covers the whole thing, just like wow. a mask. Is, That's I'm a like, big statue. I'm like, where the hell did they get a medical mask that big? This like one of those piece is the size ones. of my torso. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, if on, if only everyone could be so blessed, right? If I was that size of a statue, my God, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I get enough phone calls every week. Right. <laughs> yeah, we need we need to be a little bit gentle on the humor there. Dude, when I saw the Superman Museum, because, I, you know, I'm not from here. Right. When I saw the Superman Museum for the first time, when I heard Metropolis was so close, we went in, me and my dad, um, you know, paid the admission and, you right. know, all that stuff. And Which it admittedly is really cheap for a museum, cheap. for a for a superhero, for all the props and stuff they have It's in amazing. There. And, you know, we paid the admission, and we were walking through, like, this is cool. Saw George Reeves stuff and all right. that. Right. When I saw Christopher Reeve's suit, I'm dude. I'm I'm man enough to admit it. I lost my shit. I broke down. I started crying. Oh, dude. When, when I I I hate to admit this for being as old as I am. I went into that museum for and that the mannequin first looks time. Just like him. Like the first time I ever went into that museum was right before me and my wife got married. I was like 30 years old the first time I ever went into that museum. And oh, I, I'm wow. so embarrassed that I never went in there before. It's so amazing, much stuff isn't in there. It? So cool. Brando's hair piece is in. Oh yeah, there. yeah. The hair piece is in there. His the, life the original, mask. the original Supergirl suit is in there. Christopher, oh, oh. what freaked me out was Christopher Reeve's harness is in. There. Yeah, yeah. The harness that they used to put and, him in. And the, in the space, fight and the everything. space suit. Remember from Superman Two? Oh God, that let's not freaking, remember Superman Two. <laughs> I know, but man, that scene where he rescues the people on the moon. Yes, yes, it was amazing. And, and all of that stuff that they've got in that museum, it's just mind-blowing that one you can get in there for less than 20 bucks a person yeah i bought my brother some official lois and clark kryptonite props oh dude that's for awesome. his wedding because um this was daniel i'm so sorry but the <laughs> for forgetting but the year that my brother got married right um was when the superman museum procured a bunch of props that they'd found that they were right. going to use for lois and clark a whole like no shit like moving truckload of um, these painted rocks they were going right. to use for one of the episodes. They ended up not using it. So the Superman Museum found out, you know, about all these props and they're like, right. hey, we'll buy them. It's like, hey, we'll take them. Why not? Yeah. So if they're I, Superman related. I bought my brother certificate of authenticity, real, Dude, you know, that kryptonite. Is awesome. <laughs> he was jazzed, man. Dude, I bet. Like my 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 brother in law Matt uh, Matthew you you know Matthew I love you Matthew um, I, I love him to bits he's probably one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life just for the things he's gone through and he's survived a, he's a sweet kid what what's his um uh what's his handicap that he has um he's uh, autistic and I believe it's Asperger's is his is his uh, form of autism and he's also got a, a disorder called neurofibromatosis it's a disorder where tumors grow all over his nervous system. Oh, wow. A uh, matter of fact, he actually just recently, a few weeks ago, had to go in and have a tumor removed from his stomach because uh, it was on a, uh, not on the organ, but it was like right on his abdominal region where it could uh, could potentially be dangerous eventually. You know what gets me, So man. they went and they removed it. And uh, the thing about Matthew is he is the biggest Superman fan I have ever seen in my life. 
Yeah. The boy loves comic books. He loves wrestling, He's which is something fan. else I love. Matthew is the epitome of a nerd. You know what's funny? My mom, she always took care of people with mental handicaps and the elderly and stuff growing up because she's right. a CNA. So I've spent most of my life around people with handicaps and stuff. And right. there was this autistic kid named Travis. Um, and he came up to me one day. And, you know, autistic people, they, they don't get upset. They're happy no. all the time. Well, no, no. Sometimes they get upset when they get upset. It's True. like a nuclear bomb went off. But, like, you know, as far as just them existing. Yeah, just, just them going through sunny. life, though. They're, they're pretty sunny. They're pretty smiley. Dude, Travis came up to me one day, and he was really upset. He had tears coming down his eyes. And I was like, what's the matter, Travis? And he said, I wish that I could have girlfriends like you and your brother. And I was like, I sat him down, and I still feel this way. I told Matthew this once. Right. I sat him down, and I said, you think what you have is a handicap. And he said, yeah. I was like, no, you're better than us. Right. Because people with Down syndrome and people like with that kind of stuff, I was like, you guys do not feel hatred. Nowhere you near like other people do. Right? Everybody. Yeah, they love everybody. They don't know a stranger. They'll walk up to anybody and strike up a conversation. I think Down syndrome, autism, I kind of feel like that's a blessing to them in a sort of way because they don't deal with the problems we do. I see them as evolved. uh, They're like I told Travis, I said, no, dude, you're better than us. You don't have hate in your heart. Like something about Matthew, especially like you, you probably have experienced this with Matthew at least more than twice. He's a talker. He's a talker, (laughs) which, which I love because I'm not very often. Um, sometimes I'm actually more quiet than I ought to be. He helps probably. me break my shell a little bit because when I would normally back off, you know, and be like, okay, I got to go, you know, right. He kind of helps me with that. Right. Right. He helps you come out of that and because bring he you doesn't, out of your He doesn't understand. He's just happy to see you. Right. And I've never, like, I, I've never learned that much from someone that younger than me. And dude, people with autism, when and, they latch on to that one thing. Oh, dude, he knows everything there dude, is to like know about expert on actors, Power Rangers, wrestling. And they remember comic everything. Books. He remembers all of it, Like man. Travis, he's into baseball. You could throw a fact at him. And, and he he'll t- know it. Yeah, he'll toss it and back he'll in like two it, seconds. And then he'll toss back one that you didn't know. And then if you're at the store trying to pick out ice cream and you say, hey, go get some Rocky Road, they'll stand there. You know, for 20 minutes because they don't understand yep. why this is in this box and this is in this box. Well, like some something that's part of his is uh, he like he likes chicken strips. He, he's very picky about how he eats, which a lot of autistic children are. Um, they changed the packaging. Same chicken strips, same comedy, same everything. They changed the way the package looked. So he won't eat it now? And he wouldn't eat it for like a month. How, like, did, you, like, how did they convince him to, to do it? Because uh, Darren and Gina sat him down and said, Matthew, honey, it's the same thing. All they did was they changed the package. Taste it. I promise you it's the same thing. And he tried. He's like, hey, yeah, it is the same. All right. I like this. And then he went back to eating it as normal. <laughs> but, like, they actually had to, you know, explain it. Honey, this is the same thing. They changed the packaging. Well, I don't know. They might have changed something else. Well, just, just try it. And if you don't like it, we'll never have to buy it again. And the lowest form of human on this planet is somebody that makes fun of somebody that has a mental disability. The president. <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, I'm not going there on this show. You can uh, go ahead. But. Oh, no, no, no. Just, just, the, just the one scene. It's like, no, oh, you didn't. Really? It's just, it's, on it's TV, too. Really? The lowest form of hatred I can imagine is somebody who. The, the only thing I hate worse than people like that are pedophiles. Absolutely. The worst garbage humans on the planet. Dude, one time at Best Buy, remember Tay? Yeah. He was severely autistic. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Oh, man, I forget this guy's name, but he was only working at Best Buy for like a week. Tay 
uh, Best Buy was cool enough, you know, to hire him and um, they would just kind of let him do his thing and try to direct him and stuff. But sometimes he would get a little flustered and go into the break room and watch cartoons. Right, right. To calm down and kind of find him, like to zen himself. Yeah. And so I walked in and this new guy's sitting in the back and Tay is sitting there and he's looking kind of agitated because it was uh, the view or some shit. And I said... Hey, Tay, you want to watch some cartoons, buddy? I'll I mean, look. at that point, I'd watch Spongebob, and I hate That's Spongebob. what I did, actually. I said, hey, Tay, um, this look, are you bored, buddy? And he kind of nodded. I was like, well, want you put on some cartoons? So I put on Spongebob. Right. And he kind of smiled a little bit. And uh, I sat back, and this new guy, I didn't really know him, but I was friendly. You know, I talked to right. people. And I said, I was like, hey, how you doing, man? And he goes, man, I was watching that show. i got to deal with this effing retard. I was like, excuse me. Oh, hell no. I was like, excuse me. So I went up. I talked to one of the managers. I was like... Somebody needs to go in that break room because I'm about to beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care if I lose my job. I don't care if I yeah, lose. I, yeah, no. I don't care. Every time that guy looks in the mirror, he's going to be reminded not to say that shit again. Right. They fired him the next day. And well, see, while that, they were leading him out, that, uh, I told him, next time I see you, I'm going to kick you right in your freaking nuts. See, that, that's something that I, I deal with kind of is I've always used that word as a descriptor, not not towards a person, but like towards a situation. Like, oh, my God, this is so retarded. Like that—that's how I've always used the word until meeting. And then, meeting Matthew, I'm like, Matthew, I want to tell you now because I have a hard time not saying it just because it's so ingrained. Yeah, I suck at it too. And I'm like, Matthew, I just want you to know right now, if you ever hear hear me say retarded, it is about anything but you, because you're not. He is, and then I'll point to like somebody that's like said something wrong about him, yeah. or like you know they're treating him like crap. I'm like, you're not retarded. He's retarded. Yeah. Because obviously he's got a problem with one of the best people on this planet that I know. And people with handicaps, like especially Down syndrome, they are always so happy. Oh my happy. God. And they love everybody. They love everybody. They don't They don't hate How is at that a all. handicap? That's not a handicap. They're like, better than like us. The thing I look at it like that is they're better than those us. people will know more love in their hearts than me, you, or anybody else will ever know in their lifetime. Exactly. They see the good in everybody. Yeah. They, they don't see wrong in people. And it wasn't until, you know, Matthew's, for those of you who don't, uh, know them, <laughs> uh, Matthew's parents, uh, Darren and Gina. I worked with them for a long time, and I know their family very well. And Gina would always, you know, in, in her nice Gina way. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when when you marry your daughter, sometimes it's not quite as nice. Gina's she, tough. I, she gets, she gets married, mad at me sometimes. I'm not even married to her daughter, and I wouldn't mess with her. But in her own, you know, Gina way, she'd be like, "I don't like that word." And it wasn't until really yeah. getting to know Matthew, I was like, "Man, that." That kind of is a pretty devastating word, man. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I gotta it, watch that. It's like the N word. It really is. Because I, like, I wouldn't disagree with you there. Like it, it's it's a descriptive word that literally causes so much harm to a particular like kind of people. Like it, of course the N word for you know African American people, and then the the R word is my my mother in law will put it because she won't say it. She, she won't hates say it that at word. All. She she will. Oh wow. She'll go Amazonian on somebody if they say it around yeah, her. I've never heard she doesn't know say that. Um, I've heard her say it one time, and that was for her to tell me, I don't like the word retarded. Please don't use it around Yeah, that's me. the only time you'll ever hear that's her say it. That's the only time I've ever heard her say it. It wasn't until meeting her that I was like, man, that... And I, I never looked at it as a... heavy I word. never looked at it as a swear word until I met my mother-in-law. And she's right. And, I mean, she is. She's right. And I'm like, oh my God. Because you say that in the vicinity of somebody who has a Yeah, yeah someone handicap. who has a handicap of some kind. And people and then, are like, oh, you're being too, you know, politically correct and all right. this. It's like... And Dude. I'll be the first person to to bash political correctness in a heartbeat. I, I agree with Uncle George Carlin. It, exactly. it kills everything. <laughs> there's some things but where there's you some do have ways to step that, back and be like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there are times when you should really step back and just go, eh, maybe I should have chosen a different descriptor here. 
And re- retard is a musical yeah. term. Well, I mean, uh, retard has like so many different, you know, definitions. I use it in, I use it in music because, to, you know, I'm a musician. I produce my own albums and stuff. Yeah, and, and you I, use I that am word. A, uh, I am a layman because I can't play a friggin' <laughs> triangle. <laughs> but you do use that word. You're like, I need to, you know, slowly retard this fade out. Right, or, right. You know, which which the, the base definition of the word retard is to stop. Yeah. Or, you know, flame retardant, which means it's just less likely to catch flame. Slow it down. You know, slow it down and stop it. It is to come to a slow stop. So when people used to use the term mentally retarded, that meant that they were mentally slowed down. Yeah. And then it went from being just a medical definition to an outright slur. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe that I did not realize that this was a swear word in a, in a manner of speaking. Guilty as charged, too. Because I used to use it all the time. Yeah, like, like man, this is retarded. Like, if I, <laughs> if I, you know, get shot in Call of Duty or something, God forbid, I'm like, oh, this is so retarded. And then... <laughs> it's a funny word. You know, you, know, but you know, it's a funny word. It's like, you know, diff- different descriptors still, can be used. Like, oh, that sucks. But when you're using it, even uh, even on this podcast, I, you know, I, I, I really got to watch that word because... What if somebody's mom is listening to No Disclosure and she has a, and, and they have a, and they have a, a disabled child or they a, don't a understand, handicapped child? Man, they don't get it. Right, exactly. And they don't. They don't understand that. Like some of the people that you read about in some of those articles on your, you know, No Disclosure proper, I'm like, oh yeah. my god, they are retarded. Yeah, what are retarded. <laughs> like, uh, let, let's say you know the TikTok girl. But using that as a comparison, you're saying. What a person with Down syndrome, or what an autistic person, what a retard! It's like no, they're not. It's they're, like no, they're they're so much more above you that how about you can't asshole? even. Yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> it's like you're just a prick. The only one you're gonna offend saying asshole is you know somebody's butthole. Well, I mean, you know, I am an asshole, but I, I you know abide, abide by it proudly. And my butthole is the only butthole on that's attached to a human on the planet Earth that's actually self-aware. So <laughs> the only one that you're gonna offend is mine. I don't know. Did, did apparently some people you know the asshole forms first, and some people don't you know progress past that. Well, my problem is that um, I know my butthole is self-aware because life was going a little too well, and then when I hit my thirties, my butthole said, "Okay, now, now." <laughs> yeah right. Let's give him. Let's give him hemorrhoids. Hell. Uh, have you ever heard of a partial prolapse? That's oh no god. Not kidding. Mm, uh uh-uh. uh. I feel Ow. so bad about you know going on tour with because the band is getting ready to be revitalized and stuff. Right. When they're talking about tour. I don't know if and I can do it, And the first thing man. you're thinking is, oh, I don't think my ass can handle that. True. Uh, literally. And like like I don't even mean that comedically. Like I mean for real. Like when you get older, like I- I've got. Probably, I probably have hemorrhoids. I'm not diagnosed as having them, but I'm sure I've got some. And I told my singer, I was like, I am unpredictable in the worst way. Right. I cannot go out there on the road because it's been so bad. I've been on the bathroom floor. I mean, it's right. It, oh, it's so I mean, painful. you know, it, it gets pretty damn bad when you don't know if you got a fart or shart. <laughs> but like, I love like, it. That, that you would know? suck. Life's going a little too well, and your butthole's checking its watch going, okay, now. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that you imbi- like the fact that you just consume so much coffee probably doesn't help. I, yeah, I drink. All, this is my third cup today. Jesus, sir. I drink a lot of coffee. See, like coffee does to me the opposite. If I drink it, I will barf everywhere. So we're almost out of time. So I wanted to ask you something. Um, you're a huge fan of No Disclosure for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's not some reason. It's because like y- y- there are some days you literally get me through the workday. I kid you not. I appreciate that. Like I, I can, like my my job. I, I I throw newspapers out a window if somebody doesn't run their router. If we have a route in the office, so the the car has Bluetooth. I Bluetooth my phone to that thing, 
How did I you, turn on no disclosure. How did you find out about it? Was it one of my posts or did you? Oh uh, just... yeah, yeah. I saw randomly uh, on your Facebook that you had a podcast. I was like, where the hell can I find this? Because I'm always interested like, in how people discover it. And you well, left like, you left a review on Apple too, didn't you? Was that you? I don't remember. It, I don't know. I've, sl- I've slept was, since then. The username was Fat Guy. Oh yeah, that ain't me. Trust me. If it was me, it'd be Thorn or something like that. So it wasn't you. No, that that was not me. Oh wow. Um, I did I did give it like a like a four or five star thing on uh, Spotify because that's how I listen to it. Four. Dick. I, I don't remember because <laughs> you know I was at work when I did four. it. Four. <laughs> Probably five. This podcast sucks. <laughs> like this podcast is subpar. I don't like the episode where you said Donald Trump looks like a Cheeto. He is a fucking Cheeto. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, for, sorry for the f bomb for those of Man, you that find that language appalling, but I'm appalling. So <laughs> I wish I could talk to you on this thing all day. We need to have you come back. Yeah, no joke. Because off topic is um, so much fun. There's a totally different energy to it. Like I just like, I just like podcast format. I've always wanted to do a podcast and have never had the funds, the ability, or the personality. <laughs> it's not as um, detrimental to your pocketbook as you think. Really, it's not so much. That microphone you're talking into Mm -hmm. is built off of a vintage, uh, you know, the Shure SM58. When you think of a microphone, that's it. Right, right. Every time you go to a concert, you've seen a Shure SM58. It's legendary. That microphone is uh, AKG uh, B8000M, which is, it's... uh, uh, a vintage SM58 clone. So they right. took the guts from the vintage 58s. Right, and then put it into a new Dude, into that, a new body. That thing sounds amazing. And it's it was only like uh, 30 bucks. Oh, wow. On that's Amazon. not bad. This is a Rode Pod mic. It, this sucker is a oh, legend. Oh, that, that's, the, that's the infamous Rode Pod mic that people keep saying is like garbage, and yet it's like probably it's the best thing I've heard. It's beating out the SM7B. This mic is becoming a legend. It's tripled in price since I bought it. Oh, thank God you got but it when dude, you did. You could have two SM58s or AKGs. Right. This mixer didn't cost a ton. It's not really about the gear so much. It's right. how well you mix it, the year environment. It's really not all that bad. Anybody right. can start a podcast, really. Well, see, like that—that that would be my thing. Is I'm, I'm tech savvy in some things. That would probably confuse the ever living hell. Out Come of over me. here sometime, and I will put you through mixing school. That actually sounds like fun. I grew up in recording studios, man. Oh, dude, that—that that had to have been a blast. My my dad played the bass my entire life up to the minute he died. Y- yes and no, because I come from a very long line of musicians, really long line, right? And uh, it was, I, I'm not going to say I was pushed into it, right. but it was kind of expected because that was always in everybody's blood. Right. Well, and I mean, you know, better, better to be that than, you know, to be expected to be an alcoholic because that's what your family's known for. True. I was <laughs> sadly, the opposite. Sadly, sadly, that was, uh, something that what was a concern for me, which I don't drink anyway. So I don't know, whatever. I'm not a drinker. Um, I I'll, had, I'll, I'll drink with friends yesterday. I'll drink with friends, but otherwise I avoid alcohol like the plague. Um, I'm not a drinker. You know, my my dad kind of instilled in me don't ever don't ever get hooked onto this stuff because if you do, you'll never be able to quit because he couldn't. It'll take away your life, man. It, it a, will. It, it'll take your life. It'll take your soul. It'll take your family away from you. It's just something I'm a not six willing pack to of risk. Beer lasts me about four months. I would never drink it. <laughs> now liquor like whiskey, scotch. I can drink oh, it. Scotch, man. I, I can drink the living Christ out of it. I don't need to, but I can. I, I love scotch, dude. Like I. I'm probably, I believe my wife used the term basic bitch on me. Basic bitch? Yeah, she called me a basic bitch because uh, <laughs> I like Fireball because I, I think the cinnamon whiskey tastes amazing. There's nothing wrong with Fireball. And I like pumpkin pie, which means apparently I like pumpkin spice. And 
I will go on the embarrassing admittance that uh, I marked out like a little bitch hey, when I found out there was pumpkin pie flavored Reese's you cups. Need to go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of them, huh? Oh, no, I just you know I I don't like icing on cake. And I asked my mother one year to make me pumpkin pie for my birthday instead of cake because I hate icing. Did she give you that look like you're a commie, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, she gave me that look like, why pumpkin pie? I was like, because icing makes me puke and pumpkin pie doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh, we got to get you back in here. Uh, we're out of time. But uh, say, a- I, I have nothing but time. So whenever you want me back, I will gladly come back. Sounds good, man. It was a pleasure having you here. Right. Yeah. I, I get to actually hear myself on it instead of hear everybody else sound awesome. There you go. You get to be on your favorite podcast now. I apologize to everybody for having to listen to my voice for this long. And now that you're here face to face with me, I want to say you've been supporting the show since day one when I had nobody. Now, no disclosure is listened to in 10 countries. It's getting more successful by the day it's a very slow thing well, i mean you know but it's progress and you were really a, a, a slow build is better than a massive rise and then a, a downfall exactly i mean you were one of the probably the first like real listener of no disclosure so oh dude i i listen i have listened to every episode except for the one that got pulled <laughs> that, that's the only one i've not heard i still have that one i'll send it to you sometime but uh <laughs> but yeah like I, i've read your books uh, i listen to your podcast I'm so sad that villain's over, and we're gonna have to read them all now. <laughs> Got a new, new series coming out. I'm gonna have to read Xander's book because yeah. every time I hear anything about it, new series. I, I want to read it now. And you're you're one of the OGs, like, like for sure. Well, I mean, it comes from having known you previously and knowing that people sometimes often underestimate you. Like I, I can see that because people do it to me, and you're you're kind of put in that same category I was, where oh my god, he's nerdy. And then they just kind of write you off. It happens. And I mean, what's worse is even sometimes after you've done this stuff and you give, man, I got a great idea. I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to do this. I still get it, man. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something ingrained in people to where they think, I don't I, I don't know. It's like, why try? Because you got to do this. You got to do that. Right. You and me are just, we're people, we're wired up kind of different. Dude, I, I'm, I'm wired to be obsessed with certain things and to look at other stuff and go, that's boring as hell and not pay attention to it. And it's like, if it's a failure, who cares? I freaking tried. Right? Right? I mean, I, I've tried so many things and failed, and I've tried other things and strangely succeeded. In the beginning, was... no disclosure sounded like shit because I've grown up with music my whole life. I know how to mix and master vocals, but right. podcasts, totally different animal. Right, right. Totally different animal altogether. And people were, you know, straight up making fun of me. Like, see, I didn't. I knew you didn't know your shit. I knew it. I was like, dude, this is like, so dude, different. Like, dude, this is so different from music. Yeah. Like, in, a mu- in music, you're in a studio. The walls are soundproofed. You've completely got your sterile freaking, environment. You've got a completely sterile environment. <clears throat> Hey, there it is. There, there you go. go. Look at that. It was a tiny uh, one. Ah, oh, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Don't, yeah, don't do me. It was like a yawn. No, I just... Right, I was like, ugh. But no, no dude. It, I'm I'm a video game person. Like, like for those... We'll have to tackle that on. For those who, who want to hear that the next time, I did to give you a teaser. I beat the shit out of a competitive player, like a pro player, at an anime convention. You MLG'd an MLG. I MLG'd an MLG <laughs> at te- at freaking Soul Calibur. At Soul Calibur, at no Soul less. Calibur. Okay. Yeah, he he was a pro player, and I kicked the shit out of him in the final match. We got a hit on that next. So, <laughs> I like I love you, Donald. I'll just keep going. So that's it for this week. And remember to go on Asylum eight seven Asylum eight seventeen dot com. That's Asylum eight one seven dot com. For all things me and no disclosure related, also check out my novels and short stories on my website, as well as anywhere you can buy books online. I've published 30 books, over 100 short stories, three collections, man. If you like horror and thrillers, consider me up your alley. 
Just head on over to Asylumite17.com. Go to the store tab. Couldn't be easier. I'm sure out of all my books, you'll find something that twirls your beanie. Most of my novels are on Audible as well. So if you like audio books, I got you, my lovelies. Remember to share no disclosure with everybody. Let's help this thing grow. Share it with your Uncle Barbara, your Aunt Dennis, the creepy guy on the bus. You know him, the guy that manspreads really wide and smells like boiled cabbage. Everybody. Bye-bye, my babies. <laughs> I love you all, and I'll let you say it. Oh, I love so, you all, and... I love you all. God bless, and stay fancy. Oh, he did it. He did it. All right, I'll catch you guys later. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Off top here,